Good morning, or depending on when you're listening to this, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. My name's Ross, and as always told, out of voice of radio, so I'm in a podcast all about the Pokemon trading card game, and you're listening to PTCG Radio. Now, it's... I know now, I know we're a day late. I am fully aware we're a day late. But we had a podcast last week, we got a podcast this week, and I'm feeling pretty good. About getting a podcast going next week. So yay! Good times, ladies and gentlemen. Good times. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It's fairly quiet. Weirdly quiet. In the Pokemon trading card game at the moment. Honestly, I'm kind of loving it. In a weird kind of way. Because it means I'm actually getting to do videos I've been wanting to do for months. I actually made... My Waylord EX, literally Little X, video today. Not today, a couple of days ago. I have been trying to make a video on Waylord EX for so long. I've just not had chance to do so. It's been weird. But I'm finally getting around to it, ladies and gentlemen, and I am delighted. Uh, we've done my top 10 or top 20 of Unified Minds. That's a ridiculous set. And just all sorts. Now, we have seen Solgaleo and Lunala, which I believe we talked about last week. Or did we? No, I believe we did. I believe we did. But other than that, there's, there's been no real news. I mean, I often look through my videos for the week to essentially see what news has come out in the past seven days. And I've done like one news video in the past week. Although, to be fair, we've also had some news that came out last night, some ruling updates, which are weirdly important. So we're going to start off having a look at some ruling updates. And we'll probably get some, well, some rambling. I mean, we've broken up for summer now. I didn't go in on Friday last week. And I haven't been in this week. And my boss at my old job, who turns out lovely man, has told me that even though I kind of owe them seven days over summer, I have literally got no work to do. So he's like, don't don't bother coming in. He's like, you've got a few days. Find out what anyone needs you to do before you leave. Do it, and then don't bother coming in over summer. I'll be honest with you, right? Over the past week, I have spent more time with my baby daughter than I have in goodness knows how long. And I kid you not, she has been more pro-daddy this week or the last few days than I think she's ever been. It's wonderful. It's kind of like she's realized I've been around a lot more. And she's almost like, hey, daddy, so you've, you've been around a while. Cool. Let, let's, let's play. The other day, I don't think I told this story on the pod before. She was stood outside my studio. So I've got a little studio in my house where I do, well, to be honest, I do a lot of my recording in like the dining room. Because I can't record when my daughter's sleeping. And a lot of the time, especially when I'm teaching, I can't actually do any recording until she's gone to bed. So I've been in my studio a lot. And actually being in my studio is really good. I was listening to, apparently we've gone into the rambling part of the podcast. Cool. I was listening to a podcast about Peter and they were talking about working from home yesterday. And they were saying about how it's hard to differentiate. Well, when I'm home during the day, I've got my studio where I come and do my work. And then I leave the studio and work time is over and I'm sitting chilling downstairs. I don't get that same I never leave work thing because I get to leave my studio. But I was in here a couple of days ago. My daughter stood outside the door. and She's screaming outside the door. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh darn, my wife, she should be stopping my daughter screaming. I'm trying to work, etc. Turns out she was trying to get in to see me and she couldn't get in to see me. And she was really upset and she was crying outside my door because she was so upset that she couldn't come in and see me. Is that not the most adorable thing you've ever heard? It's adorable. Ah, oh, I'm, I'm in a, such, I mean, I tell you what, and I know those of you that are parents will know and hopefully a lot of the rest of you will in the future. But that's, that's up to you. That's your choice. But I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, being a dad, literal best thing ever. Like, absolutely best thing ever by a, by a huge margin. It's wonderful, and I love it. Anyway, so, yeah, summer. Summer's going quite well. I, I've not done enough Final Fantasy stuff. I did rank the Legends for the new set, which I had a lot of fun with. And I need to start playing Magic the Gathering Arena, but honestly, I've been going back to Persona 5. 
and I'm staying up till like one, half one in the morning, because I'm like, just, just a bit more. Night before last, I was up till half one in the morning, just grinding through, but I put on The Mule, the fairly recent Clint Eastwood film, really good film, incidentally, and I was just sitting there grinding through the palace, think dungeon, watching that, and then last night, <laughs> it got to like half 12, and I was like, should go to bed now. I was like, oh, but I just, let's just send the calling card. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to beat the boss now, but I just want to see the boss and start the fight. Now, anyone that's played an RPG ever, or indeed any game ever, you never see the boss. You beat the boss. You beat the boss, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I did. I did beat the boss. And then I was like, oh, it's gone one o'clock. This is not ideal. <laughs> oh, but fun was had. And I was looking around. I follow... I'm going to be honest with you. I follow a lot of Japanese gaming shops on Twitter. So that I can get kind of Japanese deck lists. And it's actually really nice. Because I get to see deck lists from Japan. A lot of which I cover on my channel. But I also get to see prices so it's really helpful for me to see what the prices of cards are looking like in japan and i do all the time it's really fun and i noticed and i don't know how i'd never seen this before but but i did it turns out there is a there's a tcg over in japan that deals with lots of different properties and it turns out they've they've released a Persona 5 expansion. And I can buy a booster box of Persona 5 TCG cards. And I was, I was chatting to the lovely Antoine Boulet on Twitter kind of last night slash this morning. They're eight hours ahead in Tokyo, so it's kind of weird. Like, I started the conversation before I went to bed, which would have been like 8am for him. And then carried on when I woke up, which would have been like, well, by the time I started chatting to him anyway, like 6pm for him. But I'd gone to bed in the middle. It's weird having friends in Japan. And he was telling me that, he, that apparently they've been released in the English language. So, yeah, check out Wassy Plays for a bit of that. Incidentally, where am I going with this? Um, yeah, speaking of Wassy Plays, over the next three days, hopefully, depending on what other videos I need to make, I'm going to be reviewing free games over on Wassy Plays. Quite fun games made by Brain Games. And I'm actually going to be giving away a copy of the game I'm reviewing in each video. So please check them out, youtube.com slash plays. Partly because I just, I want to get to the stage where I can review a lot more tabletop games. And, you know, I get review copies. But also, I really want to, you know, I, I like the idea of giving away these games and kind of chucking stuff back to the people who watch so please go and join in with that essentially i'm just going to give you like a comment to make and the best comment is going to win one essentially although i just realized today that not today yesterday i recorded these videos and i had like a gaming sesh with my my wife my sister and her two nieces because they're kind of younger skewed games fun if you've got kids mind you and i don't know well how good they are for the hardcore pokemon audience but please watch the videos anyway it's fun and then I just sat there and knocked out the reviews in like 15 minutes each. And there's almost no editing to do. I want to do more reviewing, if I'm honest with you. Because it it's so easy. <laughs> but the worrying thing is, I'm off for like six weeks for summer now. And I'm just going to get less and less into teaching and more and more into tabletop gaming. And just making videos. Pokemon videos and Transformers and Keyforge and oh my lordy. Although, genuinely upset, what is up with the timing of tournaments? Like, I don't tend to travel up country for tournaments often because I've got a pregnant wife and a one-year-old kid. In like five years when my kids are a bit older, I'll be traveling a lot more up and down the country like I used to. But, you know, taking a bit of a backseat to raising children, I think that's probably fair. And I was like, right, Final Fantasy TCGs having UK Nationals in Sheffield. It's not that far to drive. I said, wife, I'm going here. It's on these dates and I'm going. And then I looked and it turns out it's actually the same weekend as the Pokemon World Championships, which is the most important weekend of the year for me channel-wise. Last year was such a huge boost to stats during Worlds. I don't know if it will happen again, but oh my lordy, I want it to. It would be amazing. So then I'm just like, well, that's rubbish. And then... Oh, there was something else I was looking at doing, but it's going to be the same weekend as Sheffield Regionals. I'm like, come on! 
Right, anyway, what are we going to talk about? Yes, this ruling thing. Yeah, apparently I did have some rambling to do about what's going on. So, where are we going, ladies and gentlemen? Where are we going? So, it turns out, Pokemon have given us a ruling about what to do in a perpetual game state. Like, for instance, if you've got two stall decks, think Magikarp and Waylord, and neither of them attacking, but you've got things like Lusamine and Judge, so you can essentially never deck out. I know Lusamine's banned and expanded, but it's not in standard. So, essentially, you can just sit there and loop. Over and over and over and over again. And in a mirror match between those kind of decks, there is no winner. Now, in Swiss, it's fine. In Swiss, you can tie. But you can't do that in Top Cut. You need a winner. Well, what they've gone and done is they've now updated the rules officially. And the rules very simply are, whoever is the highest seeding player in Swiss is the winner. Simple as that. Whoever is seeded highest in Swiss goes on to win the game. Now, this becomes really kind of interesting because now what happens in terms of IDs? I mean, look, let's say you're getting towards the end of day two or, you know, the, the second lot of Swiss. By that point, you know what the meta looks like. So if you're playing a deck that can create an infinite game state, and you know there are other decks going to be in top cut, do you ID to guarantee a top 8 spot? Or do you play the game out because you're terrified that you might inadvertently end up lower seeded and does that mean that if you are a higher seed, you can just try and create this infinite game loop and be like, ha, 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 I'm going to win. This is really, like, genuinely super interesting to me. I am really excited to see how this is going to end up shaking out. Now, there was one other ruling up. I mean, okay, they updated the sets which are legal, but that doesn't actually get updated by the rules. That happens automatically on the third Friday after release. Or in the month of release, I should say. But it turns out that Thai cards are now, in Thailand, are basically being accepted as proper official cards for tournaments. And that means that Thai players have to use Thai cards in tournaments. Now, I must confess, I don't know if English language are also home cards. But remember, in tournaments, you're only allowed to use cards of your home language. It's why Japanese players at Worlds have to use Japanese cards. And Thai players at Worlds will now have to use tie cards. Well, what if they're playing in an expanded tournament because they've only had Sun and Moon on? There is no Thai version of Computer Search. That card doesn't exist. So can they use English cards? Now, I must confess, I don't know how similar Thai and English cards are. But I know, for instance, like Korean and Japanese cards are different to European cards in terms of their printing. So you couldn't mix and match them in the deck because you would know when you were going through the deck which ones were actually European and which ones were Thai or, uh, sorry, Korean or Japanese. I don't have any Thai cards, so I couldn't tell you. I should get in touch with someone who does. But either way, I thought they were fun little new rules. It's not terribly important, if I'm honest with you, unless you're in Thailand. But it's nice going through updates. Alrighty then, what else do we need to talk about this week? I'm going to be honest with you, right? That's that's like the news. <laughs> that, that's literally what's going on this week. Um, the, there was one tiny other little piece of news, and that is that the booster box for Dream League, the next Japanese set to come out, has been revealed, and on the side... Oh, the picture's loading really slowly because I'm rendering a, a video about the Transformers trading card game. Boo! So, yeah. Uh, so, Magneton. Uh, oh, goodness. I've already forgotten what the cards are. Uh, there's a Magneton, a Clefairy, meaning we're getting a Magnezone and a Clefable. And there's one other. Oh, Gallade. There we go. So, we know we're getting a new Clefable line, a new Magnezone line, and a new Gallade line. What is really weird, and it is really weird is that the new Japanese... Now, the general rule is that the Friday before... Japanese sets always launch on a Friday. And the Friday before, the official Japanese website goes, boom, here's all the new cards. But then for at least a couple of weeks beforehand, 
they are revealing the cards on their website and on their YouTube channel and couple in Cora Cora magazine, etc. And then they're going along. Well, as it stands at the moment, the set is out on the 2nd of August, which means we are eight days away from what should be the full reveal of the set. And all we've seen is Solgaleo and Lunala tag team GX. And that was in Cora Cora magazine. Usually, if they followed the usual plot line here, or the usual, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, way of doing things. But if they did things in the usual manner, then last Friday we would have got a reveal on the website with a high quality image of Solgaleo and Lunala and a couple other cards. And then the YouTube channel would have been leaking cards all week. And then there would be a couple of dates where a few cards go up on the channel, on the official website. We've heard nothing. Though I don't know if that means they're actually going to drop the set on the 2nd of August on the website rather than next Friday. And then they're just going to do everything a week behind. Or whether they're going to reveal far fewer cards and then drop. But I'm going to be honest with you, Remix Battle as a whole was a very disappointing set. And I really want Dream League to be a good set. Also, I'm hyper excited because we saw that Solgaleo and Lunala have an extra effect for their tag team attack, GX attack, not when you've got extra energy attached, but for the first time when you've played a particular supporter. Now, it's the new Lily supporter, but not Lily. Not the Lily we've got that lets you draw two. We've got six cards in hand, eight if it's your first turn of the game. So, I'm really interested. I'm assuming there's going to be a Restoram and Zekrom tag team GX that has an extra effect if you play the new N card, and that means there will be a new N supporter... But honestly, this is just speculation. I want to know what they do, gosh darn it. I'm sure they'll tell us soon. Okay. So, and that really is the end of the news for this week. So I thought, rather than just rambling about various things and my plans over the summer, I thought what we should do is have ourselves a little bit of a chat about Unified Minds. Unified Minds is going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. It's coming out the first Friday of August which is two weeks from Friday, which I think means pre-releases next weekend. So at some point next week, I will be bringing you a video. I haven't done one of these for a couple of sets purely due to lack of time, but I'm going to do now, well, in the next couple of days, which is going to be cards which are great at pre-releases. Because especially in a set with like 236 cards plus secret rares, the last, the, the, the biggest set up till now was Lost Thunder. This has as many cards in it as Lost Thunder did, including Secret Rares. But that's just in the set numbers. There are Secret Rares on top of that. It's a huge set. So it takes quite a bit of planning to sit down and exactly look through what cards are going to be good in a pre-release. But that's what I'm going to do. But what I want to do is have a general look at Unified Minds. Because one of the things I did this past week was I did my top 20 from Unified Minds. It took ages, ladies and gentlemen. It took absolutely ages. And the video, I mean, most of my videos take somewhere in the region of an hour and a half. This one took over three hours. It was huge, but I think it's a pretty good video. Speaking of which, if you haven't watched it, please do. Now, one of the things that's been pointed out by a number of people, including my good friend, the lovely Stephen Kent... It is not a good set for non-GX Pokemon. I mean, if I look down my top 10 list, we basically get, in the top 10, Hooper. It's the only non-GX Pokemon I've put in the top 10. As we go down through the rest, we've got Lapras, kind of, but really that's in there with Misty, and Garchomp. That's it. That's all we've got. The non-GXs are having a really, really hard time standing up to the GXs. I mean, we've got a couple of minutes. Let's run through the non-GXs, and hopefully you'll see what I mean. So we've got Hooper, a basic Pokemon that for one colorless energy, does 10 damage, plus 20 for each Pokemon your opponent has in play with an ability. It's really good for taking out stuff like Jirachi. If they've got three Pokemon with abilities, you can take down a Jirachi for a single energy on a basic. And it's seen a lot of play in a lot of decks over in Japan. Cool. But it's not exactly some kind of changing the game powerhouse card now, is it? It's not that exciting. It's fine. 
but it's not exactly a car that really gets the juices flowing, so to speak. It's it's an interesting enough card, and it's kind of cute and all that, but it's it's not exactly some phenomenal card that's absolutely filling our hearts with joy now, is it? Now, the Garchomp I like, but the problem is... Well, we're in a thing at the moment where Japan has had these cards for a while, between one and three months, depending on the set. Sun and Moon A they've had for three months. Sorry, Sun and Moon 10A. Sun and Moon 10B they've had for two months, and Sun and Moon 11 they've had for almost a month. And that's what's making up Unified Minds. And Garchomp's just not been setting the world on fire. Now, it's a stage two, which is a pain, especially post-rotation, when our Pokemon search options suck. We're losing Ultra Ball, we're losing Nest Ball, etc. And GXs get a huge boost because GXs are getting Cherish Ball. Boo! Etc. But... Basically, if you're behind on prizes, you do an a extra 80 damage. The attack for a fighting colorless does 120 if you discard an energy. So what you do is you use Miss Magius to draw until you've got seven cards and put you behind on prizes. Then, with a Martial Arts Dojo Stadium and Diancy Prism Star, and then a Black Bout attached to bring down your energy cost, Black Bout if you're behind on prizes reduces your attack cost by one fighting energy. You're doing 260 damage for one energy on a, I think it's 150 HP free retreat single prize Pokemon. I just don't know if it's going to be consistent enough, and that's a huge issue. To be fair, you've got Miss Magius and Duskstone. I think it's going to work, but I've been burned before. Speaking of burn, I'm a huge fan of the new Chandelure. Now, the new Chandelure is, it, it should be phenomenal. Single energy, 10 damage. Discard, ooh, is it the top five cards of your deck? And then you do an extra 60 for each fire Pokemon you discarded. And, yeah, yeah, discard top five cards, 60 more for each Pokemon discarded in this way, any Pokemon. And then put any fire Pokemon straight onto the bench. Now, I've seen winning lists, and I've shown you winning lists on my channel. But again, that's not really been making waves. I'm hyper excited for Chandelure. And Garchomp. But unfortunately, nobody else seems to be. Now, we've got Lapras, which lets you grab a Misty's Wish from your discard pile every turn. Get, uh, Misty lets you search for any free supporter cards. But that's basically it. There's a Dragonite that lets you attach a Water and a Lightning from your hand once during your turn. And does 170 and discards some energy. It does actually pair really nicely with a new Dragonite GX. It does 270 for five colorless energy. Discard three of them. Wonderful with triple acceleration energy. But even then, it's good because we can compare it with the GX. I mean, we've got the Bray Loom that if your opponent's active is asleep, does 120 for one grass energy as a fighting Pokemon. His weakness on Pikachu and Zekrom. We got the Whimsicott that lets you search for any card when you evolve up into it, just like the old Roserade. Uh, we've got Zerkatry that does 120 if your opponent's got exactly three prizes remaining for a single energy. It's literally a, a lightning buzzwall, except your opponent has to have three prizes remaining rather than four. Um, and then we've got the Zygarde that means all your Zygarde, including GX, do an extra 20 to the active. That's about it. As a Kamala that puts one damage counter on your... Or six damage counters on your opponent's Pokemon between turns if Kamala itself is asleep. It's just not great. I'm going to be honest with you. The non-GX situation is a bit rough. Now, when we're talking Unified Minds, as far as I'm concerned, there is one best card. And I don't think... Any other card can claim to be best card in Unified Minds. It's Reset Stamp. And as I've said, I am not usually so bullish when I'm giving my predictions. But I'm sorry, I have to say this. If you are putting anything other than Reset Stamp, number one, no. Now, let me work through the arguments. I don't just want to be mean here. I know that some people are putting Mewtwo and Mew as number one. And I don't know how angry I can be about that. I suppose what it really comes down to is, what do you value more? A card which is going to be played in every deck. Or a card which could end up being the best deck. 
What's more important in terms of judging a card to be great? Being the best deck in the format or being in every deck in the format? They're basically your arguments. Reset Stamp is in every deck in Japan. It When you play it, it's a one-sided end for your opponent. They shuffle their hand into their deck, draw cards equal to their remaining prizes. It is a phenomenal comeback card. I look at a lot of Japanese deck lists on my channel. It is in all of them. As at least a one-off, sometimes a two-off. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that makes it the best card in the set, and I don't think it's close. Now... I will, however, concede that I understand that, that some people want to put Mewtwo and Mew up there. And I have said rather bullishly on a number of occasions, I believe that Mewtwo and Mew will go down as the best tag team GX we ever get. Unless we get some ridiculously phenomenal one. The fact that it can be put into any deck. The fact that it can copy the attacks of any EX or GX on your bench or in your discard pile. I mean, I made two videos on it. It's so good. In Expanded, not only can you copy their attacks with Dimension Valley, they're actually one colorless energy cheaper. And you've got Battle Compressor to discard any Stage 1 or Stage 2 GXs and then just start copying them. And, of course, you've always got Tauros that lets you do treble the amount of damage as is on you for a single energy if Dimension Valley is down. It's a dumb card. But as far as I'm concerned, and again, this is a personal opinion, I think being a staple in every deck makes a card better than being the best deck in the format. Similarly, I've seen some people rating Cherish Ball. Look, Cherish Ball's amazing. I put Cherish Ball as my number three card in the set. It's phenomenal. But... It's a staple in every GX deck. There are going to be plenty of... It searches for any GX Pokemon, puts it in your hand. But there are going to be plenty of non-GX decks that don't play it. A phenomenal card, don't get me wrong. But I don't see any way Cherish Ball can be above Reset Stamp. Again, I could see an argument to put Cherish Ball number two and Mew to a Mew number three. But how can you possibly put a card that's going to be a staple in a lot of decks... And say it's better than a card that's going to be a staple in every deck. Logically, that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I know not many people have done their top 10s. I've seen a couple pop up really soon after I posted mine. There was um, there was one, one guy posted asking for, you know, community help like 30 minutes after I posted my video. Might be a coincidence. Incidentally, I don't mind. I watched the video. It was really fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. But, yeah, I, th I think I'm... I mean, don't get me wrong, right? To be clear, I've done this in previous sets. I'm one of the first ones to do my, you know, top cards unified minds list. But I'm fully aware that in previous sets, I've gone, oh, Andrew Mahone's done his top 10 list from like Lost Thunder. I need to get on that and go. I did, and I always look after mine. But the only kind of main content creators that I could see had done a list before me were Limitless TCG. And I had a look at their list, which is quite different to mine in a lot of ways. Although I can't really argue with it. They made good arguments for all of them. We just differ in our opinions. But what I will say is that they had Reset Stamp number one. I honestly don't think it's close. For me, calling Reset Stamp the best card in Unified Minds is about as difficult as saying that Shaman is the best card in Roaring Skies. It just is, and it's, it's just not even close. What's weird is looking back on Guardians Rising. Because Guardians Rising had Tapu Lele, which is basically a staple in every deck. But also had Choice Band, which is basically a staple in every deck. Field Blower, which is basically a staple in every deck. And a Rescue Stretcher, which is basically a staple in every deck. Guardians Rising was a fun... I saw someone the other day go, oh, Guardians Rising wasn't a great set. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. Can we, Can we clarify what we mean here? If you're saying it wasn't a great set in terms of keeping value for collectors, then maybe I can agree with you. If you're saying it's not a great set generally, that's dumb. It's, I would say that Guardians Rising is the best set we've had at least since Stormfront. Stormfront brought us Gyarados, Machamp, Gengar. Stormfront was absolutely nuts. But yeah, Guardians Rising was just dumb. 
I mean, when I look back and do top 10 lists for old sets when I do my history videos, it can be really difficult or it can be really easy. I mean, I looked at, I did Platinum this week, and looking back at Platinum was kind of difficult, because, okay, you've got to put Broken Time Space as number one, but we also had Cyrus's Conspiracy, along with Poker Turn, Energy Gain, and Power Spray, which was what made SP the best decks in the format, Crobat G, which was probably the most played Pokemon in the format, and Dialga G, which was one of the best decks, if not the best deck in the format. And Guardians Rising's kind of like that. You look back at Guardians Rising and you're like, how? One of my favorite Pokemon memories, one of the ones that really sticks to me, was when I went to the Caster Summit in Seattle. I mean, partly the fact that Pokemon flew me out to Seattle to, you know, meet up with the other casters was just beyond phenomenal. But I remember sitting around in a hotel room with Joe and Nick and David Hockman, three extremely good friends of mine. And... We're sitting there talking through Guardians Rising. I need to find that old podcast and listen to it, because that was really fun. And it was right as Guardians Rising was releasing, and I was like, right, I've got three really knowledgeable Pokemon TCG peeps here. You know, we're all casters, we all know our stuff, we all keep well up to date with the game, we have to, to do what we do. Let's talk through the best cards, and oh my goodness, it was basically impossible. Because there were just so many good cards. It was nuts. That was a really fun podcast to record. But then there was kind of like, I think it was the last day and then we had to come home and that was a bit sad. Also on the taxi ride to the airport, I realized I was like a decade older than all three of them. <laughs> but although I went into work on um, like the last day I really talked to anyone, I, I went and saw my, my boss and one of the other uh, management team was there. And they were like, you look so young. I'd shaved or trimmed my beard because I was doing a, a video. I don't like to have too much of a... I, I haven't been clean shaven in like six years. But I don't like to have a huge bushy beard when I record with, with video. But because it was there were no students in, I was just wearing like board shorts, a Marvel t-shirt. I want to say Spider-Man that day. And like a baseball cap. And I basically like a full-on child. So, the good news is, although I might be like 10 years older than the other casters, not all of them, Hostway is older than I am by literally like, I think, eight days. But that's not the point. Hostway is older than I am. But I don't look that old, which I think is a good thing. Sorry, we've gone into full rambly territory. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, reset stamp number one in the set, and it's not even close. Quick side note, I had to take a little break then to upload my Transformers video. Turns out pre-releases start this weekend, so maybe I should have got my What's Good at Pre-release video up before today. Whoopsie. To be honest, I, I can do it tomorrow. The problem is, I think if I try doing it tomorrow, I think it's very likely that overnight tonight, there's going to be a bunch of Pokemon news coming out on the official website in Japan. So that's probably where my time and energy is going to go tomorrow. Okay then, so, we're talking Unified Minds, aren't we? So we said Reset Stamp was number one. Incidentally, that is going to completely transform the game. Now, in terms of the Tag Team GXs, they're all good, frankly. Um, Rowlet and Alolan Executor and Slowpoke and Psyduck, I think, are the weakest of the two. To be clear, that doesn't mean I think they're bad cards, and it doesn't mean I don't think they're going to see play, and I don't think it means that there's no point playing them. I mean that I think it's going to be that those are the weakest two. Rowlet and Alolan Executor, the best thing about it, for zero energy, you get to just evolve a Pokemon on your bench, and you can evolve it right up into a stage two if you wish. That's pretty sweet. And Slowpoke and Psyduck does 40 damage for each supporter card you discard from your hand. But don't forget we're getting that new Misty's card, which allows you to discard to search your deck for free supporter cards and lapras which gets misty out of the discard pile and of course if you've got four lapras on the bench you can just get four misties out of the discard every turn and then basically be hitting a guaranteed 160 don't sleep on on that but really the best one is going to be mewtwo and mew we've talked about that quite a bit and then we're left with a couple of other ones. Now, Umbreon and Darkrai and Mega Sableye and Tyranitar, they generally get played together over in Japan. The lists that I've been seeing aren't Umbreon and Darkrai or Mega Sableye and Tyranitar, it's both. 
Now at this stage, I should remind you that we're getting two other cards that really help Darkness in Unified Minds. Night City allows you to retreat for free if you're a basic Darkness Pokemon. And Weavile allows you to move your Darkness energy around the field as you like. Think of it like the old Hydreigon. So, what you can essentially do is be attacking with one of them, and then free retreat, move the energy over, and be attacking with the other. Honestly, it's just a shame we're losing Max Potion and Ace Roller. Otherwise, you could just constantly keep cycling them and just never get them KO'd. Those two cards, incidentally, as a pair, are really, really going to hurt a lot of decks. One of the cards I'm really looking forward to from Remix Bout, which is going to be coming out as part of Cosmic Eclipse over here, is the new Waylord, because it's got decent attacks. It's basically Water Water, Double Colorless, 140. But you can use Triple Acceleration Energy, and you've got Naganadal and Quagsire. So you could essentially get it out of the active using something like uh, Switch Raft. Heals 30 as well. But then use kind of Max Potion or Race Roller after moving the energy to a new Waylord. You've got 200 HP, you're probably not getting KO'd. The problem is that we're losing Ace Roller and Max Potion, which makes me genuinely really sad. But then again, Waylord's a two-hit KO deck, and we're basically taking away the healing options, so maybe having a two-hit KO deck where your opponent can't heal as well is the way to go. I'm certainly going to be testing it. I've been, I've been doing a lot of daydreaming this week about winning a regional with Waylord. It would, oh, it would make me so happy. So happy. Plus, everyone likes to put a plush on the table while they're playing. I'm bringing my giant Waylord plush. Like the giant one from Japan. I'm putting that on the table while I'm playing. Yeah. Um, so where are we going with this? I was talking about, yeah, Mega Sable and Tyranitar. So basically, Umbreon and Darkrai. Now, they're all expensive, but you've got Naganadal to get the energy out. And then Weavile to move it over. Free energy, 150 to the active, 60 to one of your opponent's benched EXs or GXs. And then you bring in Mega Sableye and Tyranitar. And for four Darkness 1 colorless, 210. But if you knock out any extra GX, take an extra prize. So you'll be KOing most basic and stage 1 GXs. But for stage 2s and tag teams, you soften them up even if they're on the bench using Umbreon and Darkrai. Then you bring in Mega Sableye and Tyranitar to finish them off. It, they work really well as a pair of tag team GXs. And I really do think they exist as a pair. Now... In terms of the GX attacks, they're both good and they're both hyper expensive. So Umbreon and Darkrai, one energy, your opponent cannot play any trainer cards. That's item supporters, stadiums, tools, the works. Well, the tools are items. But if you've got six energy on there, five darkness, one colorless, instant KO on whatever your opponent's got active. That's pretty good. And then Mega Sableye and Tyranitar... Four darkness, sorry, yeah, four darkness energy, one colorless, 250. But if you've got 10 energy, six colorless, four dark, discard the top 15 cards of your opponent's deck. That's huge! Again, they're both hyper expensive. You're talking six energy or 10 energy. And the lists, I've, I've seen some lists are literally playing like 10 energy. So you've got to get them all on there to use it. But that, that could be pretty huge, ladies and gentlemen. That could be pretty huge. If you can get, like, all of your energy on there. So, yeah. Quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen. Fun stuff. Very fun stuff. Okay. Where am I going with this? I seem to be losing my train of thought rather easily. Oh, yeah. Raichu and Alolan Raichu. Now, again, losing Ace Roller and Guzma means our switching options are significantly worse. And basically, for free energy, if you became active this turn, you do 160 plus auto paralysis. And even though other decks have a hard time switching, you've got Driftblim that switches. It hasn't been seeing a huge amount of play and success over in Japan. Pikachu and Zekrom have still been the boy, but this also has an awful lot of potential. So, yeah. Tag Team GXs are all looking good. Non-GXs are generally looking fairly poor. In terms of kind of game-changing cards, I mean, Reset Stamp will change everything. Reset Stamp is absolutely huge. You've got Cherish Ball and 
great heel. Great heel? Great potion. That's way better. That help GXs. Cherish Ball Searches and Great Potion Heals 50. What's kind of cool, these are the first two cards we've had in a long time that refer to GXs, not EXs or GXs. So it seems Pokemon have finally had enough of trying to count, cater for everything and gone, look, they're for GXs, all right? Cool. Uh, tag Switch is going to be pretty huge. It's an item card that switches two energy from a tag team to another Pokemon. Really good after your GX attack. Because you have to put extra energy on to get the main benefit of it. It's like if you've got a Pikachu and Zekrom. You put six energy on. You do the GX attack. Do the 170 to the bench. And then go, oh. Well, I only need three energy on this Pokemon for the rest of the game. Tag Switch will move two of them to another Pokemon. Which is really kind of cool. What else have we got? Black Bat I've already mentioned. Dark City I've already mentioned. Blizzard Town stops Pokemon with 40 HP or less attacking. It's a really, really great counter against Spiritomb. Because as soon as they've got two damage counters on, bearing in mind they need damage on to do extra damage, they can't attack. And then Natu. But then the other thing is your opponent can get rid of or replace the stadium and then just attack. It's one of those stadiums that you're using but are hurting your opponent on their turn. Which means they've got the chance to get rid of the stadium first. So it's not going to make a huge difference if I'm honest with you. I, that's why I, I put it down to number 20 on my list. I love it. I just don't think it's going to work all that often. So it's kind of a weird set. Oh, in terms of GXs, we've got four, five, one, two, three, four. Weavile, Naganadal, Latios, Caldeo, Jirachi. I think five? Now, as it goes, they're all pretty good. Now, Caldeo and Jirachi, I have put in my look good but not going to be played. Jirachi removes Psychic Weakness from all Pokemon, including your opponents. Caldeo has Hooper's ability. It can't be touched by EXs or GXs. The problem is there are abilities that work on your opponent's turn. It's a power plant. It's up to your opponent whether those abilities are in play when they attack. So, yeah, they, they just power plant and it's fine. Latios, a free energy, does 120 and gets immunity to tag team GXs or tag teams in general. We've got a bunch of cards like Tag Switch and Latios that refer to tag teams, not tag team GXs. It's really just future-proofing in case. Maybe they're planning non-GX tag teams. If you ask me to guess, and it's nothing but a guess, I would say that they're probably not. But it's nice to, nice to future-proof just in case. It's nice to be there ready. So yeah, Latios could be fun. Latios could be kind of useful. We've got, how far down did I get? Oh, Naganadal GX. It could be absolutely huge. It allows you once during your turn to discard an Ultra Beast and draw three cards. I think it's going to bring Beast Box really to the fore. Because one of the things, Naganadal doing 120 for a single energy if you've got a full bench of Ultra Beasts was always good. And then you've got things like Nile Ego from Lost Thunder, Buzzwell from Forbidden Light, the new Zergatry, etc. Really good single energy attackers at various points during the game. But the problem we always had was that you basically couldn't play any non-Ultra Beast, and there was no Ultra Beast consistency card, so you were kind of stuck in a weird, awkward limbo. And that's not the case anymore, because now you can just sit there rocking and go, it's all right, boys. I got this. I can draw cards with this. So that's kind of nice. I mean, the attacks are fine. One lightning energy, you get to grab a card from your opponent's discard pile and put it as a face-down prize. I believe that means you have to show them, because the discard pile is public information. And then one psychic, free colorless energy, discard two energy, 170 to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Bearing in mind, with B-String and Triple Acceleration energy, that actually becomes a legitimately viable attack. So that's kind of cool. So yeah, it's a weird kind of set. Oh, and then Weavile. We talked about Weavile. Now, the other thing, when I was talking about non-GXs, I did forget a couple that are actually in my top 10 list. They're actually my highest listed of all the non-GXs, so you'd think I'd be slightly better at this, wouldn't you? And essentially, what they do 
is, well, they're just hyper-specific counters. So Frost lasts for a single energy, though it does have to be water. Put up to seven damage counters on this Pokemon. This attack does 20 damage for each damage counter placed. And we do have a ruling which came around from Mamoswine, which basically says even if you don't have 70 health remaining, you can still place the seven damage counters. So you can have one health remaining because you use the attack last turn. It's got 80 HP. And you can still do the full 7 damage counters. And this is exactly enough to KO a Reshiram and Charizard because of the weakness. And we've also, we're getting a Tapu Finny that for 2 water, 1 colorless energy does 100. But if there's an Ultra Beast in play, it costs 1 colorless energy. 1 hit KO on a Blacephalon for a single colorless energy on a basic Pokemon. Now, to be fair... In, say, a Malamar Ultra Necrozma deck, you can use this to take out a Malamar. Because Ultra Necrozma means you're doing 100, Malamar's got 90. But really here, this is a Blacephalon counter. And a, a really quite blatant Blacephalon counter. So it, it's kind of it is as it is. It, it's one of those, they're really hyper-specific. But it all depends on what's being played. Like if Blacephalon suddenly becomes a really popular deck... You put two of these in and just absolutely smash. But then if it's not, you've wasted two spots in your deck. So, yeah. It's just incredibly... It's kind of cards that are incredibly hard to evaluate. Because I just don't understand. You know, it's either you play it and they might be wasted, or you don't play it, but then you might lose to the deck. It, it's a very hard one to figure out. We kind of had this back in the day when Durant was everywhere, and they brought out a heat more that basically said one colorless energy KO a Durant. But the problem with that was that then Darkrai came along and killed Durant anyway. So even though it was Dark Explorers that killed Durant, it was Darkrai that killed it. It wasn't actually Heatmore. So they're kind of odd. I don't think Unified Minds is going to be, as a, as a set as a whole, as impactful as some. But I do believe rather strongly that things like Reset Stamp, Cherish Ball, Mewtwo and Mew, etc. We, we literally haven't talked about one of the Tag Team GXs. I've actually forgotten what is probably going to end up being one of the most impactful Tag Team GXs we ever have, Garchomp and Giratina. I also haven't mentioned Pokemaniac. Search for free Pokemon with a retreat cost of four and put it in your hand. It's an alternative to Professor Round's lecture and it's really good. We're losing Ultra Ball and Nest Ball, but for some decks, Cherish Ball and Pokemaniac will help. But anyway, Garchomp and Giratina, Psychic Colorless Fighting, you play it with Malamar, use Viridian Forest to get the fighting. 240 damage if a Pokemon's already got a damage counter on. And you use a Giratina from Lost Thunder, bring it out the discard, put one damage counter on each of two bench Pokemon. It's really good. I, and I'm, I'm going to give you my world's preview in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to do my 10 decks that can win worlds. I've taken a look. I mean, well, I've taken a look. I, I'm always looking. I'm always looking and thinking Pokemon. I spend legitimately hours every day thinking about Pokemon, planning Pokemon videos, making Pokemon videos. It's a constant obsession. I, I cannot remember the last day I wasn't sitting there thinking about the Pokemon TCG. It just doesn't happen. I deserve no sympathy. I'm in no way worried about this, but, you know, just, just, just worth pointing out. But anyway, it's, it's going to win Worlds. I think it's going to win Worlds. I think something Malamar's going to win Worlds. Now, there is an argument that Ultra Necrozma only gives up two prizes and can KO Garchomp and Giratina. But then Ultra Necrozma needs to... I, I think it takes four energy. If I remember correctly, Ultra Necrozma is 20 base plus 80 for each damage discarded. And Garchomp and Giratina has 270 HP. Which means that you're actually going to need to discard three energy. Sorry, four energy in order to get the KO. Which I think might make Ultra Necrozma a little bit slow. Which is in and of itself weird, right? Because Ultra Necrozma gives up two prizes. Garchomp and Giratina gives up three. 
but Gardrum and Giratina's free energy and the energy stays, whereas Ultra Necrozma is five energy and you're discarding four of them. So, yeah. Yeah, discarding free energy is not going to do it. Bearing in mind, we won't, we won't have Choice Band and we won't have Professor Kakui. You can do it with Shrine of Punishment, but Shrine of Punishment also hits this, which isn't... Yeah, which actually is horrible, because Gardrum and Giratina won't get a KO for free energy if there's no damage on the defending Pokemon. But if the defending Pokemon puts a Shrine of Punishment in play, then it will get easy KOs. So no, I do think Gardrum and Giratina is the preferable way to play it. Though I could see you playing, especially if you're playing Viridian Forest, playing just one or two Metal Energy and one or two Ultra Necrozma. That could be a bit clunky though. Alright. So there's a bit of rambling, all the news we've got, and a whole bunch of information all about Unified Minds. I'm psyched for Unified Minds. I'm psyched for every new set, to be honest. But Unified Minds looks like it's going to be fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you need to know for this week. So, yeah, let's do some plugs. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Warsi. If you want to email me, you can do so at ptcgradio at hotmail.co.uk. Things I want to plug, youtube.com slash plays. If you're not checking it out yet, please do. Even if you're not into Transformers and Keyforge, I'm going to do a lot more general tabletop gaming. There's going to be a video in the next few days about the Horizon Zero Dawn tabletop game, which looks amazing. And I've got reviews of these other free games ready to go and you can win them so you know go nuts and also patreon so yeah even if you're not into those games i'm gonna make i'm gonna try and make sure there's enough general tabletop gaming stuff that if you're not into transformers and keyforge you'll still be fine well i'm also gonna do more final fantasy i need to not teach at all i need more time for this and then yeah, patreon.com slash ptcgradio. If you want to support the channel, that is the best way to do so. Plus, you can get a bonus pod every single week where you get to talk all about, um, yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah, bonus pod every week where I answer all your questions. There we go. Sorry, I got distracted again. Otherwise, just thank you very much for listening and look after yourselves till next time. My name's Ross and you've been listening to PTCG Radio.